You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. to the latest edition of 100, the Ed Gordon Podcast. Today's guest has been acting since she was four. She received rave reviews at 13 for her role in the movie Eve's Bayou. Megan Good has lived much of her life in public, including her eight-year marriage to Devon Franklin, an entertainment executive. The California native's acting career has now spanned more than a quarter century, and she's appeared in a number of films, including Roll Bounce, Think Like a Man, Anchorman 2, and Shazam. Her latest project is a lifetime movie, Death Saved My Life. Good stars and executive produces the story of a successful career woman trapped in an abusive marriage. Let go. <clears throat> Let go or I'll file a restraining order. And how would that look? Go ahead and try, Jade. No one's going to believe you. I save lives, remember? And everyone thinks you're crazy, and you should be with me. I'd rather die than be with you. And I'd rather cut you up in a million little ways than let anyone else have a piece of you. Megan, let me ask you, one of the interesting things I find is, um, for those of you who literally grew up 
in the public's eye. I mean, I, you were a young teenager when I first met you, but you've been acting since what, four? Yeah. Uh, I would say more of a hobby at four, like doing a lot of extra work, Doogie Howser, amen, that kind of thing. Um, and then I think I started taking it really, really seriously, like as a career, um, when I was about 11. So here's what's weird. I know, um, interviewers ask you this, well, what was it like? But you don't know anything else. I mean, right. that's new. Has it been difficult, though, at times? I mean, you know, just growing up is hard enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it has been at times. But I think, I mean, I definitely wouldn't have done it any other way. I think that it's um, made me stronger. It's made me um, more aware. It has made me, it made me mature at a young age, but not I didn't lose my childhood. I didn't lose the fun. I didn't not do the things that I wanted to do or that I saw some of the other kids doing. And, and when there were those things that I couldn't do, like for instance, prom, you know, because I was on homeschool. So, um, I went to like friends proms, but really for me, it was like, Oh, I'm going to the kids choice awards, the BET awards This is a big deal. I get to wear a gown. So I had other things that for me were experiences that I wouldn't have done differently. Um, but yeah, there, there's definitely many, many, many challenges. How do you stay grounded? I mean, I think about my daughter who went to all of those things with me. So she, you know, and I tried to explain to her, this is not normal, right? Mm -hmm. Yet she wasn't the focal point like you were, uh, you know, how'd you keep grounded? Was it parents or what, what, what kept you from, as so many young stars do kind of falling off the side? Yeah, I was definitely, I definitely could have been one of those. You know, I'm, I'm a Leo. I'm a strong personality. I don't like to be told what to do. Um, definitely by the time I was 19, I was like, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm tired of people telling me, you know, being a child actor and all of that. But I think um, I know what really kept me grounded was God. You know, I got saved when I was 12. Um, I got like baptized when I was 19 and everything was not my mother pushing it on me or forcing it on me or anything like that. It was just, I um, had an experience in junior high where I was going to Bible study, just kind of going because my acting coach um, was like a youth group pastor there. And so um, these two girls that really looked out for me in school, I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood. So I dealt with a lot of racism, a lot of bullying. And these two particular girls would just always look out for me. And um, they got into a really bad car accident and there was five of them in the car, the youngest being four that they were babysitting the oldest being 15 that was driving, 16, 15 or 16 that was driving. Um, and three out of the five died. And uh, the two girls that went to school with me, uh, one of them came out with severe brain damage and the other one came out the least scathed, but also the mo- most in a lot of ways because she survived. She had survivor's guilt and uh, obviously a lot of trauma and um, had to get some facial reconstruction surgery done, all this stuff. But she ended up getting saved um, shortly after that. And I was like, how do you get saved after you just, after just what you've been through? And so it really intrigued me and made me start studying and got curious. And I really got saved because of her example. And then throughout my life, it's just been like, okay, I'm here because God allows me to be here. You know, I'm talented, but I'm not the most talented in the world. I'm attractive, but I'm not the most attractive in the world. But God says I get to be here. And God says I get to have this long career and consistently work this long 
that's a gift. Don't ever think it's because of me or I'm just that good or whatever it is. Um, be thankful, be humble, be appreciative um, because I don't have to be here. And, and I am, and I've been able to be here for a long time. And um, I just really try to have perspective and check myself and talk to myself and put myself in my place. And then the people I keep around me are honest with me. You know, they love me enough to tell me the truth. So mm-hmm. that's been, you know, then my mom is, is great. She's um, someone I can really, really talk to and has been a protector without being overbearing, without being a stage mom. Um, so it's a, it's a few different elements, but God is the base. So as a Leo, I get the idea of being very headstrong. Yeah. Um, but it can also be one of those things in the industry that you're in and by extension, the industry that I'm in, where you have a sense of what you want to do and maybe what is even right for you or perhaps mm-hmm. your mind even just right in general. But it doesn't always allow you to play itself out. There are a lot of layers mm-hmm. you know, in between. Um, how do you deal with that? Um, because that, again, is another one of those things that it is, it is an industry that, you know, doesn't suffer fools much. And <laughs> you got to find ways to keep true to yourself, but play along, quite frankly, with the game, too. Yeah, there's definitely an element of it. And the first thing that kind of comes to mind is, is when you deal with like Me Too movement, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've definitely been in, in those situations where someone has tried to approach me a certain way and equal to the business in terms of how you play it is everything. You know, I would just play it oblivious, act like I didn't know that they were hitting on me or that they, you know, what? That's, you know, and it's sad that it has to be that. Um, but in the same breath, I'm never going to sacrifice my soul. I'm never going to do anything that I'm not proud of. It's not that serious to me. It's a job. Um, the most important part of the job is the platform so that I can put something bigger than me back into the world and hopefully help someone else encourage, inspire. But it's not worth sacrificing anything um, about my integrity to get to a certain level. It, should, it ain't that serious for me. Um, so in the same breath, it's, it's twofold. It is the part of me that will never um, do something that I feel that that's not what God would have me to do and that I can't live with. But in the same breath, you are sometimes in scenarios where it really is about how you play it because people will try to take things personal and people will try to blackball and, you know, and all you can do is play it the best you can and leave the rest up to God. And there's definitely been situations where I've literally just said, like, okay, joke's over. No. You know, but um, those have been far and few in between. So, you um, clearly have a large role for faith in your life. I have talked to your husband on many occasions uh, about faith and the role that it plays in your lives. Um, but there again is another thing that you and the two of you, because both of you are known commodities, if you will, are um, you know living what can be difficult out just marriage in, in general. You know. Mm-hmm. It's a journey, it's a task, it's, it's hard sometimes. Oh, yeah. You know, again, you don't know anything else because your marriage has played itself out in the public side to, to a great degree, not because you want it to necessarily, just because who the two of you are. Um, has that been an extra burden? I would suspect it has. I think it will come more into play when I become a mother um, because I, I feel my instinct now is that I will want my kids to uh, be shielded from a lot of the things that I experienced, um, not even just as a child, but even in my 20s or what have you. But um, right now, 
it hasn't been a burden. You know, the great thing is, is that the marriage comes first. I believe that in terms of order, you know, God is number one. My husband is right after God. You know, my career is after that. And, um, and yes, I believe that my purpose in life and, and why I was created and why I'm here is definitely at the top of that list as well. But I feel that God put it, or I know that God put us together. And so he's a part of my purpose and he's a part of the calling on my life and what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and we're connected in that regardless of what we do individually, it's very much, um, us, you know? And so it hasn't been a challenge because he's, he doesn't care, you know, he doesn't really care what anyone has to say. He doesn't take on that stuff the way that I, you know, used to really take it on and really get my feelings hurt and really, you know, kind of go through the motions of like, why are people like this? And la, 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 you know, and he's just like, so, you know, and I think that that's helped me grow tremendously and has freed me tremendously just by his example. Um, and then as it pertains to marriage, again, it's, it's always first, everything else is secondary. So, it hasn't been that hard in that sense. And then the stuff that has come out, you know, it, it's come out um, on, on in its own way, just like, you know, people were asking me about, you know, relationships. And I said, yeah, I'm being celibate. And then that became a, what, you're being celibate? And then that became, well, yeah, you know, my fiance is celibate. What? How long has he been celibate? And then, you know, that kind of spawned the book and all kinds of stuff. And so we're transparent um, mainly because, God has been completely in our marriage and um, we feel that it's important to be transparent about the things that God has allowed us to have and the things that he's given us. If it's going to encourage or inspire somebody else, if it's going to be again, used for something bigger than just our union. Um, and for me, us coming together, our journey um, for me, it healed a lot of trauma. Um, it helped me grow so much in a lot of ways, I think gave people a different perception of me, um, which is true too, but I'm also still the same Megan I've always been. And I think um, women have found a lot of healing and even having identical experiences and have felt um, hope in, you know, rather it may be, okay, I went through this, you know, I had a relationship that was kind of emotionally, verbally abusive. And then I came out of that and then I just follow God and said, okay, what do you say? How is this supposed to be? How do I stop picking and choosing what to do? And how do I just follow you and do it your way? Because my way clearly is not working. Just by being transparent about that, that gives another woman, by the grace of God, hope that she's like, okay, cool. If I just follow God, then he's going to bring it full circle. And so, you know, whatever we can do to be used um, is a blessing. So, Let's, let's move to... Um the new project and, and the roles you pick and you're an EP and executive producer on this as well. Um, it's interesting because I read where you said that as you picked roles that you didn't want to pick roles that you thought would quote disappoint God end quote. And I'm curious, um, you just touched on it, frankly, the idea of seeing this as a vessel to help. So the, the, the project uh, death saved my life really talks about what so many women go through. What brought you to the project? Um, Lifetime reached out and said that they had this project. Um, I read it and then I found out that it was based on true events. Um, and I just thought, I love that this woman rescues herself. I love that she's not a damsel in distress. 
I love that she's even broken in the beginning and doesn't know her self-worth and doesn't fully love herself, um, but just trying to be the best mother that she can be. And through the process of the film, you see her start to really get perspective and start to love herself and start to get her worthiness. Um, and then ultimately say like, I've had enough, you know, and I can choose a totally different life if I just am bold enough to try and to step out, not just on faith, but let my works meet my faith. Um, and so I just fell in love with the project and thought that it, it would be empowering for women to see and hopefully somebody or somebody's who are suffering in silence may get the notion that you don't have to. It just takes making a decision to make a different choice that could potentially change your entire life and give you a completely different life that you didn't even know that you could possibly have. Um, so there was that. And then, you know, as I read the sister character, I got excited. So I was like, I feel like this was like Lamaya, you know? And so um, when I initially had said, hey, would you guys be interested in reading my real sister? She's an actress. And they were like, yeah, we love that. And then she ultimately got the part. Um, it was great to just be working with my sister, to not have to um, do what we often have to do as actors, which is we meet the other actor. We may or may not have ever met them before in life. You have to, you know, figure out, like, well, let's run lines, let's work on the material, let's find that familiarity, let's let's try to, you know, make it feel as if not that we've known each other for years, but you know, our entire lives. And with this, there was just no work required for that part. And it's nice to be in a scene, and I'm experiencing certain things emotionally that I'm trying to judge up to make this character live and breathe. And she knows exactly what I'm thinking, yeah. exactly what I'm thinking about, exactly what I've been through. Um, and she can just tap into it and just slide right in and say, okay, here's somewhat of how I responded in real life as a big sister. Here's how Lee would respond, you know? And it just, it was, um, it was really special to be able to do that with her, especially during the pandemic and to have my mom there and to, to have my nephew there and living in one little house. It was, it was really special. Turn Megan on dealing with trauma, motherhood, and blackness. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this there's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year 
at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Why didn't you say anything? I didn't tell anybody. I should have saw it. I should have saw it. No. Nobody saw it. Nobody. Everyone thinks Ed walks on water. And he was good to me. He was there for me when Mom and Dad died. And, um... One day we were at a friend's house. And I corrected him on something. I can't even remember what... That was the first time. And I rationalized it. You know, I rationalized it to his mother always cutting him down. But after that, it was like everything I did. I'm so sorry. And I swear. I will never let him hurt you again. Megan's latest movie, Death Saved My Life, brings front and center the issue of abuse and how so many women, no matter their station in life, are confronted by an abusive partner at some time in their lives. When we talk about uh, physical and psychological uh, uh, abuse, that's something that has started to come to light 
over the last decade or so in, in a real sense in terms of the media finding it and people being less ashamed to talk about it. You mentioned that, you know, you at, at some point had been in a, 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 a verbally abusive, if nothing else, um, relationship. Um, did you draw on that? And then how many of your friends and or family members, people close to you uh, that you knew of have experienced this kind of thing? Yeah, um, I drew a little bit upon that, but I also drew upon other trauma that I had that um, I haven't really spoken about publicly yet, but just uh, trauma, things that I experienced that, um, that that's the great thing about acting is that you get to work out some of your trauma on set. Everything that you've been through, um, I think, makes you a better actor. Um, makes you more equipped to pull into your toolbox and say, here's how I can relate to this. Um, and it's sad, but it's also a blessing because one, I can use it from my craft and hopefully my craft affects somebody in a positive way. And then also I can use it in real life when I speak to women, when I speak to young women and I can look them in the eye and say, I've been there. You know, I'm not just trying to talk to you as some actress who's trying to encourage inspire you. I'm telling you I've been there, you know? Um, so I drew from that. And then, um, yeah, you know, I think that, um, yeah, that's so funny. I just went down the, the rabbit hole. When you decide to um, bring the things up from that rabbit hole, whenever mm -hmm. you decide to talk about it, if you decide, what allows you that? What allows you the grace to kind of let the guard down and, and, talk about it publicly? I think the reason I haven't is because I don't know how much I feel like talking about it. Um, I have talked about it in small circles and small groups um, with women one-on-one -on -one, um, because I feel like that's really what it's for. But in the same breath, I think there will come a time when I talk about it. I just... Um, I think the media can just misquote so easily and the um, intention of stories can be changed. And, you know, like I've said, I've been in a verbally abusive relationship and someone just recently said I was in a physically abusive relationship. And I'm like, no, that's actually, it's, it's not very different, but it is different. And I did not say that I was in that type of relationship, but um, I think I would just have to be in a place where I'm like, okay, I really want to have this conversation because people will misconstrue, people will misquote, people will make commentary, and I just don't feel in the place where I really want to like continue to clarify. And I think it's important to clarify um, because you know anything that you can that's misinformation, if you can straighten it out, you should. But that takes time and effort. And I don't know if I feel like opening that can of worms yet. And and is it, you know, and I'm, I'll play Dime Stork's psychology right now for a second. Um, okay. Is it the media and misconstruing, misconstruing the point, or is mm -hmm. it that to some degree you're just not ready? Mm. I kind of feel that I am because I feel like I really just came to like, solid, solid terms with it, like in the last maybe two years. Um, but I do feel like a big part of it is, is the media. And I think that might be a little bit of pride, um, not wanting anything 
but exactly what I say and what I mean to be the bottom line versus, you know, um, like for instance, when I was talking about another relationship and I said, you know, um, I just felt like it wasn't the relationship that I needed to be in. So I got out of it. And then someone quoted me saying she was in a relationship where the guy was cheating on her all the time. My pride was like, I would never be in no relationship where some guy was cheating on me all the time. And it aggravated me that even though it didn't change the fact that I got out of a relationship that wasn't right for me, I still didn't like the narrative that was being created and misunderstood. So I think there is a little bit, maybe a little bit of pride in it. And, and, maybe, and maybe that is a part of it too. Maybe just coming to terms with it, there is... I don't know what the right way to say it is, but just in not wanting it to be misconstrued, I want to protect the growth that I've had and protect the revelation that I've had. And, um, and if it is used, I want it to be used intentionally and specifically. And I guess maybe to your point, maybe I'm not fully there yet in terms of um, letting it go and letting it just be what it's going to be because you can't really control um, the commentary completely, you know? there will always be some type of commentary that doesn't necessarily line up with the experience, but I just don't think I'm in a place yet where I'm ready for that. Let me, let me take you to um, future for you in terms of, of projects and the like. You're an EP on this one. I'm curious, is, is that something you want to continue to do to, to kind of shepherd projects? And uh, I know so many of women are getting into directing now. Is that something that you would want to do down the line? Yeah, I um, I directed my first film. It came out January 8th, um, and uh, it's on all platforms right now. It's on Amazon, iTunes, um, yeah, pretty much all platforms on demand. But uh, I definitely just fell in love with directing. Before that, I had directed maybe about nine music videos and like a short film and a web series. But this was like my first feature film. and. I love it not being about me. <laughs> I love no hair, no makeup, come to set, serve the project, serve the actors. What am I really trying to say and put into the world? Um, I also love producing for the same exact reason. So there definitely be a lot more of that. And I think also as I get older, I get more selective about what I want to do. And again, going back to like the hair, the makeup and all that stuff. And then being away from your family for a period of time and all of that, it's just when you take on a project, um, my time is way more value to, valuable to me now at 39 than it was at 29. So if I'm going to leave my family for you know two, three, four, seven months at the time, it just has to be something I'm really excited about and a character like I really can't wait to play or I feel really challenged by or a world in a set where I feel like you know, every day you're on set, it's not just a job, it's your life. It's, it's time in your life that you will never, ever get back. And so in that day, I want to be present um, every single day, enjoying my life and, <clears throat> and having um, a positive experience and creating memories. And, you know, and so I think as I get older, I just get more selective and uh, it's caused me to want to create behind the camera more because then I can control exactly what I'm creating, exactly what I've chosen to spend my time on. Well, trust me, that's the luxury of getting older. <laughs> that much I have learned. <laughs> two, two other things I want to ask you about. And, and one, I'm curious, you know, you, 
so many people have asked you through the years about your ethnic makeup. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm wondering, I was wondering this morning what you thought about all that was made of Kamala Harris and whether mm-hmm. she was authentically black. And, you know, those of us um, who down the line somewhere have something else in us, um, you know, all, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, always are looked at um, as, you know, what are you and, and mm-hmm. question either publicly or quietly, privately, you know, are you black enough? Do you, how do you, how do you see that, you know, when you, when you heard that about her and what have you faced in that, in that way? Um, well, I think if you're black, you're black. If society perceives you as black, you're black. Um, and I think anytime you have black in you, you're black when you go to check a box on a piece of paper, it comes down to being black, you know? And so, um, you know, when I was growing up, there was all this kind of conversation of like, or are you mixed with any Latin or are your parents, you know, mulatto and all that kind of stuff. And when you're young, you think because of how you grow up, at least for, in my experience, the neighborhood I grew up in, it's like you're taught with, you're mixed with more things. And that means that you're more attractive or you're more exotic or you're more this or that. And so as a kid, I bought into that a little bit. And then as I got older, I think, and not even much older, you know, 16, um, growing up in this business, I realized that it's hard to be a black woman in this industry with the opportunities I had at that time, with the things I had to fight for, with the conversation was, it made me um, just really, really fall in love with my blackness and really excited about the fact that when I get something, it's different than someone who isn't black, who is the same age, because I have to fight that much harder. And I can choose to let it make me bitter or make me angry or be like, that's not fair. Or I can choose to say, well, when I do it, it's, it's a totally different thing because of what I had to go through to do it or how much I had to work or how much the, the, the chips are stacked against me. When I accomplished something, for me, it meant so much more and it made me take pride in that and it made me be so proud of that, you know? And so um, now it's like, yeah, do I have stuff in me? Sure. On my mom's side, my dad's side, whatever. But do I go around talking about it? No, because I don't care. I identify with it. I see it. I know it. But it doesn't matter. The way I perceive myself as a black woman, the way the world sees me is as a black woman. I am a black woman. So that is how I identify, period. Um, and with Kamala Harris, I think regardless, she's a black woman, period. That is the way the world sees her, regardless of, of um, her full makeup of who she is. And, I, and I'm sure on the other side of her family, she identifies that way as well. And they identify with her that, that way as well. But from the outside looking out in the America we live in, she's a black woman, at least in my perspective. And I, and I could be wrong about that or, or speaking out and, and that, that might even be offensive, but that's just me being honest with how I perceive it. I was excited to see that the first female, you know, vice president was going to be a black woman, mm-hmm. you know? Lastly, let me ask you what you mentioned a few moments ago and what made headlines recently. And that is your mm-hmm. kind of thought of wanting to be a mom now. Um, yeah. What was the growth there? What was the change or, or did the press make too much out of that? Are you just ready now? I mean, where do you, where do you sit? Yeah. But yet another example of the press making more out of it. 
Um, because I mean, I think it is anytime you say that your whole life aspiration was not necessarily to get married and become a mom, I think it's a little weird for some people. Um, it's not that weird, especially in the industry we grew up in. Um, but, uh, I think when you say it out loud, people are like, what, you know, what's wrong with you? Um, but for me, I think that there's so many women who have felt the way that I felt that I don't want to feel ashamed or feel bad or feel like any other way than how they should feel, which is that every human being is unique unto themselves and people have different aspirations and different aspirations at different times in their life. And for me, it was just, it's what I'm excited about next, but it took me a long time to get there. I knew, you know, growing up, I really looked up to Holly Berry, you know, and I knew when she had her first kid at like 40, I was like, that's going to be me because I knew that I wasn't in a rush. Um, I've never been the one who's like babysitted anyone's kids really, or like, you know, and I'd see my friends and they'd have their godchildren and, you know, and, and I just realized that I just wasn't in that place and it might take me longer to get there if I ever got there. And even the if was okay. And I had to just get to a place of like, I'm okay with just who I am. Like, even though I was already okay inside myself, other people's reactions to it, if I said it in like conversation or something, made me not feel bad about who I am and how I am, but made me feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't say that out loud, you know? And then you meet other people, even people who have kids now who are like, that was me. That's totally how I felt, you know, that at that time and that season, you realize it's just not a conversation that people have openly. And so I think it's, again, important to be transparent, you know, um, regardless. And so for me, I just got there. And I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm excited about having kids, um, which like still shocks me. I'm like, <laughs> so weird, you know, but I definitely, if you had asked me five years ago, I'd be like, I don't know if I'm having them, you know, and uh, I'm excited, so. Well, it's a great chapter in your life. Trust me on that. And I wish you well with that whenever it comes. And yeah. uh, I wish you well with the new project, uh, Death Saved My Life on Lifetime. And I will say to you that I am very proud that you have uh, stayed in this and truly made a career out of it. It is not an easy industry. It is not an easy journey. And I don't think those who are outside of it truly understand the fight um, and the, the road that is traveled. So anyone who um, you know has now put decades in, I salute. So always good to see you. My best to hubby. And uh, good luck with everything. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Megan's movie, Death Saved My Life, premieres on Lifetime, February 13th. Next week, we look at breast cancer and black women with two people who've engaged in that fight. Ironically, they share more than just that journey. They both are beloved TV personalities that started their careers by hosting BET's Teen Summit. Lisa Johnson and Ananda Lewis sit down with me to talk about staring down cancer and will reminisce on the good old days at BET. 100 is produced by Ed Gordon Media and distributed by iHeartMedia. Carol Johnson Green and Cherie Weldon are our bookers. Our editor is Lance Patton. Gerald Albright composed and performed our theme. 
Please join me on Twitter and Instagram at Ed L. Gordon and on Facebook at Ed Gordon Media. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.